Hello, this is Dennis Thomas with Things That Matter, where we speak about everything from faith to finance and all things in between. So I'm back. I told you I was coming back. I'm excited to speak today about Adam and Eve. We're touching on these very important characters in the Bible. We're going to go kind of in an order here of how the Bible is set up. We see in the beginning here, Genesis when I'm with the kids in Sunday school, I ask them, what does Genesis mean? They tell me the beginning. You're exactly right. Genesis is that beginning story. It's that creation story of how everything began. Now, we live in a world where there's multiple stories that exist out there. Some true, some false, right? And one of the stories that we hear is a big bang there that everything came into being out of nothing, right? And life came from non-life. But you and I walk this earth and... I think we question that a little bit because we have to think, is that possible? Have we ever seen anything like that before where life comes from non-life? Not only that, we're talking about complex beings like ourselves. But we have another story that's a true story that explains to us how things came into being. In Genesis 1.1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. We see a place that has such beauty such order. We see a place that has special creatures like human beings walking the earth with immense value that's given to us, but it was given to us by a higher power. We see moral law. We see people doing good things for others just because deep down they want to. We're in a season now of giving. Christmas, where people generally are walking around, I'd say happy, right? They're in good spirit. And I think that's something that's deep within us. And it was something that was implanted in us. And that value was implanted in us. And the story here that we read explains to us exactly how these things came to be. And what we see here is God creating such a special creature in Adam and Eve very early in the story. Not only that, we had the serpent coming in very early in the story because that serpent, the devil, plays a key part in this because God is trying to show us something. Like any good story, there's drama, right? It starts off very good. It starts off perfect. And then quickly, we have Adam and Eve being created. Quickly, the serpent comes in to try to persuade them like a roaring lion walking around seeking whom he can devour, the Bible says, looking to get us, which is why we need to be in the word here to understand and to have that veil lifted from our eyes that we can see. And that's exactly what the Bible does. It allows us to see things very clearly. And so when the bride goes to her bridegroom and they get married, the veil is lifted and the two become one. And we're going to speak about that. So Adam and Eve, we see here, there's different thoughts out there, but Adam and Eve are supposedly created in 4000 BC. This is also according to some when the earth was created. This is kind of different than what we hear with evolution or with people that may think that the earth is older. Uh, This is a debate, not something that we need to get into right now. But we see here Adam and Eve created in 4000 BC. We're going to turn to the Bible here because I have to go back to to documentation, right, to keep this legitimate. 
Genesis 1, verse 26, we see here, then God said, let us make man in our image. He's already bringing in a little note to us about the Trinity. This is one of the unique characteristics of being a Christian is that we believe in the Trinity. And we believe in that because the Bible is directing us there. We have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So then God said, let us. He's speaking to someone, right? Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. They'll have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth. We are powerful. We have dominion over the earth. We see a lot of the results of our actions, good or bad, in this earth. And we could see the power that we have, but we also see the responsibility that we have on this earth. And we see here in 27, so God created man in his own image. These, this is why we're special creatures, because we have a piece of his characteristics that are living within us. This is why we have value. No one could tell you that you don't have value because God was the one that gave it to you. So no one else could take that away from you. We should all walk around as children of God, very confident to know that he made us and prepared us for the moment that we are in right now. So think about any moment that you're in right now, God prepared you for that moment because he made you in his image. He knows better, right? As I say to my son, I know better. I'm here for a reason to mentor you, to be your father, to help you to get you ready for the world that exists out there. I pray that I'm doing a good job, by the way. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. So what we see here is God creating both male and female, both in his image. We see equality here. We live in a world where females are trying to fight for something the same way I would say minorities are trying to fight for something. God made us equal. We could walk around again in confidence to know that we are made in his image, that we have value, and that he was the one that gave it to us. Now we see here God letting us know that he made man in his image this is also a sign here that life comes from life. If we re read in John 1.1 1, 1, and you read some of those verses there, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. In Him was life. That life was the light of all men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness could not comprehend it. I love that part right there, right? Because light is in a way. Get a flashlight, go into a dark place. You turn that flashlight on, light is in a way. Whatever direction you're pointing that light, that's where it is. Darkness is in a place. Light could go somewhere, but God is light. He is life. This lets us know that life came from non-life. It can't be the Big Bang Theory because that doesn't match up with what the Bible's saying. And it doesn't really match up with what we know about things. If you heard a knock at your door, you would go answer it. You wouldn't think that the knock knocked itself. So we see here that life came from non-life. Life only comes from life. It does not come from non-life. And God is that life. He is that light. And that's what he's trying to put in us. 
He wants us to be the light of the world, to shed light on these dark places. He wants us to be the salt of the earth that we can preserve. He has a plan for us. He has a purpose for us. He made us for this moment that we're in right now. And what we see here in Genesis 2, the Bible starts to go on a little bit further and explain to us, because it's letting us know that God made us in His image, both male and female. But then He gets a little bit more specific here to explain how or and even why the female was made. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. And we see here, out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every bird of the air, brought them to Adam. Adam named each creature. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. So God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam. He slept. He took one of his ribs, closed up the flesh in its place. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman. He brought her to the man. Adam said, this is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. So we see here that Eve was created as an equal. Each of them made up for that which the other lacked. So man, Adam, needed a helper at that time. God creates a helper comparable to him. So we see there is equality. The Bible showing that. Sometimes you hear objections to the Bible that because the stories in the Bible are showing that women were inferior Therefore, that is something that God is teaching. But the one thing that we need to know about the Bible is that everything in the Bible is truly stated. But not everything in the Bible is a statement of truth. Think about that. Everything in the Bible is truly stated, but not everything in the Bible is a statement of truth. We hear multiple stories about things that men did, even things that females did. I was listening to my pastor at church speak about Rahab, the prostitute. The Bible's explaining that story. Now, it's not telling us that that was okay, but it was telling us something that truly stated. We see Solomon had multiple wives, concubines, like basically girlfriends. This is not something that God is promoting, polygamy. He promotes monogamy. So everything in the Bible is truly stated, but not everything in the Bible is a statement of truth. So it's telling you what happened, but it's not telling you to do those things. Some things in the Bible are descriptive. It's just describing things that have happened, that events that happened, and it also shows how God could still use those people. Thank God for that, because you and I could fall into that category, and that's why He could use any of us. And other things in the Bible are prescriptive like the Ten Commandments, where they're telling us what to do. And they're giving us direction. And they're giving us advice. And so what we see here is that Eve was created as an equal. Each of them made up for that which the other lacked. This is a perfect example, too, of how the church and God are. We are the bride. God is the bridegroom. We come together as one unit. And we see here that in a way both are needed, similar to that, right? 
God wants us. We need Him, right? We become one. And it's similar to the relationship of Adam and Eve. So we see here that a helper was needed. God provides a helper. She shall be called a woman. And if we go down a little bit further here, we see in Genesis 2.24, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. We see something very important here. Two things. One we see here is that there's one unit. Woman was not made from man's head for him to lord over her. Neither was she made from the feet of man so that he could trample over her. She was made from his side so they could share their life experiences together, the couple as one unit. So we see here that God putting both of them together. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. They shall become one flesh. And as Greg Kokel, by the way, you should listen to Greg Kokel on a podcast, Stand to Reason, I love him. But he says, one man, one woman, one flesh, one lifetime. So we are all not we, right? But you see here, man and woman together. That is how God made it. This is why, as Christians, Christians believe in the biblical view of marriage. Because when we think about this, let's say, Adam and Eve being created in 4000 BC, that's a long time ago. Genesis supposedly being written in about 1500, 1700, 1500, I think, to 1700 BC. It's a long time ago. But we see the definition of marriage there. So this is not some human invention marriage. It's similar to things that were here when we got here. Like gravity. It's not something that we can define. It's already been defined. It's not something that we can change. So we see that God is telling us some of these important things in the beginning for a reason. The Bible could have been started any other way, but it happened to be started with the creation story, and it happened to bring in our ancestors, Adam and Eve, into the picture quite early. We all know that we come from that lineage, so we are all sinners, not because we sin, but we're sinners because we're born into sin, and it's because of Adam. He kind of took the place for all of us. He was the first Adam, and as we see in the New Testament, the second Adam comes to Jesus Christ, he takes the place for all of us and dies on the cross so that our sins are washed away. And for those of us that believe in him, we become born again. We become believers. And we now become of that second Adam as opposed to the first Adam because we believed. right? And we become new creatures in Christ, as they say. So this is important, this story that we're learning about because it has a lot of points in there. And then we see also one of the last points is God instilled the practice of monogamy. It shows God's original purpose in creation was for man and woman to become one flesh. And then we see here that he asked them to multiply. So their role here was to come together as one and then be able to 
create future generations here. But the most important part we see is that they are placed together and they become one flesh. And so this story, I love this story. Uh, Like I said, over the last two weeks or so, I've been thinking about this a lot because this explains so much for us. We see here in Genesis 1.28, God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish, over the birds of the air. So we see the purpose here is for us to fill and to multiply. When we get married between a man and a woman, it becomes one flesh. The woman is equal to the man. The man is equal to the woman. We're made in his image, so we have immense value. And that's why we see there's a difference between killing animals and killing people. We know this. But why is that the case? Because there's something in us that makes us more special than that. And something must have put it there. And it's hard to think that the Big Bang put that there. It's hard to even describe what value means for a human being, but we know that it means something. Because whenever we see someone die before their time, That always hits home. And no one has to explain that to anybody. We know this already. Because God made us that way. So next time, we are back. We have more people to speak about. We're going to get into Cain and Abel. This is Adam and Eve's children. We're going to hear about the first murder. Can you believe this? We're already like talking about things that you'd hear on 2020. But this is in the Bible. And this is early in the Bible. Cain and Abel, one murders another, they have another child, we're going to learn a little bit about this the next time we speak. Until next time, let's continue on our journey where learning is our destination. I'll speak to you soon. Have a good one. Thank you.